In his book, Mere Christianity, Christian apologist and Oxford Don C.S. Lewis recounted a talk he gave to several Royal Air Force airmen. An old, hard-bitten officer got up and said, I've no use for all that stuff. But mind you, I'm a religious man too. I know there's a God. I felt him out alone in the desert at night. The tremendous mystery. And that's just why I don't believe all your neat little dogmas and formulas about him. To anyone who's met the real thing, they all seem so petty and pedantic and unreal. Lewis sympathized with the man, reasoning that he probably had a real experience of God out there in the desert. Comparing that experience with the creeds and doctrines of the church was bound to be disappointing. It would be like comparing the ocean to a map of the ocean. When I first saw the ocean at Cocoa Beach, Florida, just off of Cape Canaveral, it was an impressive sight for this Midwesterner. I'd never seen the ocean before. No map can do it justice. The map is less real, but if you want to sail, say, from Cocoa Beach to Grand Bahama, you need a map to show you the way, based on what others have seen. A glimpse of the ocean from a particular beach may be nice, but it can never represent the whole. John 1, we could liken to a map which has been drawn by the early church, by John and his community. It's a map based on the struggle to describe how the early church experienced Jesus. Early Christians agreed that they had experienced God's power and presence in Jesus in an extraordinary way. But how to describe it? Was Jesus merely a highly favored human being after the manner of Israel's kings and prophets? other holy people from history? Or was he something greater? The consensus was that Jesus was much more than a merely extraordinary human. So John goes back long before Jesus' birth to describe this, to talk about who Jesus was in imagery and poetry, long before his humble birth in Bethlehem. Long before the shepherds heard the angel's song, John goes back long before Mary learned she'd been chosen to bear the Messiah, long before prophets and kings and judges, long before Moses and the Exodus, long even before the earth itself was created. John goes back to the very beginning when the Word, the divine Logos, was with God. John uses this concept of the Logos, L-O-G-O-S, to describe the church's experience of Jesus, which is variously translated a whole lot of things, like speech or matter, word, dialogue, reason, discourse, account, all kinds of nuances there. Stoic philosophers saw the Logos as the animating principle of the universe, the thing that gave motion and life to all things. Genesis 1 features God speaking creation into existence, which is what John draws upon to talk about the divine Logos, Jesus Christ. Every time the prophets spoke the word of the Lord, the word used to translate word is Logos. The Christ 
was active. In every prophetic utterance, every psalm, every word, the people heard from God. The Christ was active in creation. The formation of earth and sky, sun and moon and stars, plants, animals and humans. John's Christmas story is not the birth of Christ laid in a manger in a stable in Bethlehem. John's Christmas story is about Christ birthing the cosmos, about birthing us. And this very same Christ takes on human flesh in the man Jesus to enlighten and redeem a world lost in darkness and sin. Sometimes, especially at this time of year, we can feel a bit lost. There's, a, there's something called December 26 syndrome, I think, where you wake up the day after Christmas and it's like all the buildup is now gone. And now what? What now? We know in our head that Jesus is God with us, our Emmanuel, but sometimes we don't feel it in our hearts. We may be exhausted. We may be grieving. We may be lonely at this time of year. Or just done with this whole holiday season. In those times, we don't have to rely on ourselves or our own feelings. We have the map. Look at the map. It matters little whether we feel Christmas joy in our hearts or not. Because the map shows us. Christ has come to enlighten our darkness. To lead us back to the Father. Christ, the Word made flesh, comes not to judge, but to redeem. Christ is our life, a life given to us through word and sacrament, a life made known among his body and the world, among people like us. Even in this world, Christ continues to birth new life and hope in our world. So this Christmas Day, let's remember what Christ has done for us. Though we may be taken with a gurgling baby in the manger, who wouldn't be? The same, that same gurgling baby birthed us and continues to fill us with his light and life. God, fill you with the peace that comes with that faith and hope this Christmas and always. Amen.